And welcome to BiblioChat. On today's episode, I will be discussing the current U.S. political environment and how it has decayed into a space of tension and conflict. And in order to help me with this topic, I have invited my uncle, Ben Kendick. Uncle Ben, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So I think you will have a very interesting perspective on this issue because you have a deep understanding of human behavior and you're an avid reader and historian and also a very successful businessman where you have experience in several industries, including real estate, technology, and even currently you're a senior shareholder of a battery electrode company. So in your opinion, how would you describe the current behaviors you're seeing when it comes to political discussion? Well, I think the political discussions reflect uh, a lack of self-discipline among the participants. I think that quality communication has a component of aware self-knowledge of how you're behaving, not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it. If you listen to good speakers, they modulate their voice, they think before they speak, they are good listeners, and they are able to communicate clearly, hopefully with with measured emotion, not no emotion, but measured emotion to get their thoughts across. And this is not being done as anyone who would attest to has listened to the presidential debates. What do you think about these, the past presidential debates? Well, uh, I believe that uh, the presidential debates debates of late have been uh, so fraught with schoolyard back and forth that they have uh, not educated the public as to what those candidates think about policy. And uh, there's a tall order to fix that. But I think if it was me and I was in charge, I would make some, some rules. And you would get demerits for calling your opponents names, for impinging on their character and their... And their uh, intentions. Now, if you, if you don't do that, then you are almost forced to talk about the effectiveness of the policy that they extol. What policies are they saying and what, where, why or why not are those policies liable to work or fail? That is what the American people need to hear, at least the intelligent ones. So, so I definitely agree with you, and I'm seeing this, the same behavior when I was watching the debates. Um, the attacking and name-calling is a very ineffective way of passing effective policy. So, in your opinion, like what's, what's the response and how uh, politicians should behave? Well, it's a tall order because uh, we have to break it down. And one of the components you'd break it down to is how the standards for communicating with each other. And if the standards are high enough, it will eliminate a lot of this behavior. So let's just say somebody said, Ben, you're in charge of this debate. What are you going to do? I'd say, well, first of all, I'd like to try a demerit system. So when somebody gets up there and and resorts to name-calling or resorts to uh, impinging the character of someone, uh, 
that they're debating with, uh, that's a demerit. Now, uh, if you're savvy enough, you know politicians don't want to look bad. So if you're getting a lot of demerits for that, it's not going to look good. So that would probably entail a lot of self-discipline, and they try to find other ways to demean the opposition, right? right? right. So, um, uh, the, but but the standards uh, of of uh, respectful speaking uh, and uh, uh, not resorting to name calling might help keep people on track as to discussing the issues that have to be addressed when they when they uh, govern the country. So when it comes to the debates, the moderators don't have as much power in deciding um, which politician really performed the best. It's really up to the American viewers watching the debates. So in that case, how um, what would you say needs to happen among the American populace watching the debates in being judges? Okay, that's one way of putting it. And I would say that the moderator could could challenge the public by saying we are planning to do a, a poll after this debate and, and in the poll, as we all are accustomed to do, we're going to be asking questions about the candidate's uh, uh, fitness for statesmanship. Uh, are their communication skills effective? Are their communication skills respectful? Are they getting at the facts of policy or are they uh, on, a, on a shallower plane of, of just name calling and, and, and emotional uh, disparagement? And I think that uh, if the candidates uh, are aware that, they, that the people have been uh, alerted to think about that, that they are going to be a little more careful and perhaps the better ones will come out with that. And actually, that's what the people should be doing anyway, if they're doing their job in a democracy. They should be evaluating these people on their fitness to be statesmen and make policy. And they can't evaluate them if all they're doing is standing up there and calling each other names and disparaging each other's party and each other's character. So in your opinion, how come these politicians today, they're, they're not, how come they're not taking the time to understand the other party and they continue to resort to name calling? Well, my suspicion is it's because it's such hard work. Uh, if you're on there and you want to win votes, uh, for instance, in a debate, uh, you're, you're calculating the uh, probability of winning votes in, um, uh, by, by calling, name, calling names and getting uh, the hoi polloi, so to speak, on your... Uh, it's, it's an easy way to not work. It's a lot of work to formulate carefully your position on some of these complicated issues in such a way that, and, and that's statesmanship, by the way. So it's little wonder that that happens. We as, as people, though, can demand a higher standard. And my little suggestion about uh, uh, the guy uh, who's running the debate saying that we're going to take a poll later and one of the uh, categories is how well you communicate uh, to your to the opposition. 
do you do it effectively or do you just name call? Uh, and we'll see what the American people have to say about that. So, so as an individual then, do you, do you have a certain response to this yourself, to this behavior? Well, the only thing I can think of to do about this is to notify the lawmakers who represent me that I am not um, uh, in, in favor of, of that behavior and that if they do not cease and desist it, I will not support them. Right. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, if 50 million Americans, probably less than that, sent that message to their representatives, congressmen, senators, whatever, and made it clear and terse in that way, I think that would go a long way in changing the expectation of how these people behave, how they are going to let themselves behave. Their, 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 their uh, advisors are going to say, look, you, you're, you're getting a message from the people. They don't want to see you get up there and, 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 and talk silly like that and, and uh, be a, a schoolyard uh, back and forther. They want to see you stick with the issues, so you better, we better start working on that. Right. Well, that would be a good step, wouldn't it? Right, definitely. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious if you view if you have uh, used more effective communication skills in your experience um, in business. So you started in real estate, and now you're in technology. And um, I'm wondering if have you had to use effective communication skills um, in your experience as a businessman? Well, I love that question, and I'm going to tell you why I love it, because it gets right to the point of this whole discussion we're having about communications in government. In business, if you're a serious business person and you want to be effective, you do not have time for other than sticking to the facts and getting down to the uh, uh, forces which are going to affect the deal or the arrangement and if you do, you're going to be less successful than if you stick to the facts. And if you communicate the facts and get consensus among the people who are affected by it. Fair enough, right? Right. So, I, I love that question because government is a business. we got to think more like government is a business. They, they have product, policy, they have money, they have employees, they have forces which affect them, and if they got the communication of government, uh, for instance, when I'm communicating about business, there is no room for my emotions in it. There's only room for the facts and pragmatism. We have to start thinking about, about urging our politicians to do that. Now, you might say, why don't they? Would you like me to answer that question, in my opinion? Yeah, sure. They don't because it's not sexy. It's not, it's, it's, not, it, it's, it's, it's easier for somebody to understand sloganeering. It's easier for someone to understand, uh, uh, I don't like them because they're that way. Which is silly nonsense and quite ignorant, by the way. What we need is an intelligent approach which gets at solving the problems 
of our country and our culture through good, sound policy. So in your opinion then, do you think that um, these politicians need to be more efficient in their communication, like the way that um, you communicate in the business world? Well, let me, let me put it this way. Uh, not, not, uh, of course, that's an overwhelming yes, but, the, but, the, but the, the hard part is how do we get that message to them? And how do we change their behavior? Because when you're always trying to get votes with the lowest common denominator, you're not going to attain those higher um, uh, ways of operating. And the way that that has to be done is for the people to let it know, let let them know that if they want their support, they're going to have to start cleaning up their act and behaving and communicating more like businessmen and less that like adolescents. Yeah, right. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with that. Um, hopefully, we can start seeing that type of behavior in the future. Well, you know, one of the things I appreciate about the podcasts that you uh, get involved in, including this one, is the listener is challenged to think just a little bit outside the box on some of these issues. And that's what we need to get. We need to get people thinking about these issues. You can see I think about them a lot. And the more people we get thinking about these issues, the more chance there is that that the the genius of the American people, and they do have their genius. I know a lot of people don't think so, but I believe they do. Can 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 affect some change. That's where it's going to come from. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you for joining today. Um, I think we I think we discussed some of some of the country's problems and potential solutions, and uh, maybe we can revisit this topic in another episode. Thank you for having me.